Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Well, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. I know I have referred to the art of reading the room so many times in the past, but I recently had a revelation that I'm so good at it because I have a ton of trauma, and I'm good at reading the room thanks to hypervigilance. And upon doing research, not everybody responds to trauma in the same way. So I feel like if this is a skill you don't feel super confident in, Luckily, it is, like any other social skill, one we can practice and get better at. Of course, naturally with social things, we want to err on the side of kindness and being open and vulnerable and authentic rather than overanalyzing and trying to be perfect. We're all just craving authenticity and that's going to make the most of our connections anyway. But as a recovering people pleaser, it feels important to talk about at least a little bit. At the core, reading the room is a reminder to be conscious. It's a reminder to pay attention and be present in the moment. That way, you can make appropriate adjustments to shifts in the atmosphere, in the mood, in the attitudes of people. Because when we're hanging out, there will be natural ebbs and flows, of course, and there will be times when conversations need to change or shift, and that part doesn't have to be painful. Another lesson I learned way too late in life, but yeah, you can walk away from conversations peacefully without feeling awkward or having second thoughts about what you just said. If you practice little skills like learning how to read the room, 
But of course, if it isn't a natural thing that you've been doing since childhood, I'm sure it can be overwhelming. So I'm going to go over the basics today and hope that the understanding that there is a balance and all relationships are nuanced and we need to respect people on a basic human level first before we're analyzing all of our interactions to try to make them quote unquote optimized. Because at the end of the day, it's about feeling more connected, not like we have more work to do or perfect. Okay, in general though, it starts with nonverbal cues. If you're like me, you've had entire conversations with friends without saying a word. I truly think having an expressive face is a gift, and I think that Botox is propaganda so that people can't have honest communication anymore. What would I do without my 11s? How would people know I was upset? If you don't know what 11s are, apparently people are Botoxing out the little creases you get in your forehead when you're grimacing. And I adore those. No shade if you do get those Botoxed. I'm just saying I really like having an expressive face because of nonverbal cues. When we pay attention to the nonverbal signals that happen through things like facial expressions or just body language and the tone of voice that people are using, we'll pick up on so much more than words can express. People aren't great at having open, honest communication and dialogue anyway, and they're not really great at letting us know when they're uncomfortable. It takes practice like most things, and most people don't even realize they're bad at it until their boundaries are being walked all over. That's why I think it's so important to be able to know when things shift and change, not so you can change and shift and accommodate back, but so you can register it and see if there's something that should be changed or shifted about your energy in case something needs to be diffused or changed or matched or whatever. I think one of the bigger pet peeves of mine is when people don't know how to quote-unquote read the room as pertaining to what I call the vibe, but you can call it the energy or the atmosphere or the mood of the room. Because if we are hyped up and having a great time, it's not the time to drop some weird bomb that is not relevant to this situation. Just like when we're having a very relaxed and chill time, it might not be the time to talk about the serial killer documentary you just watched. Trust me, I have done both of those, and I have tanked the mood. And I've also been the victim of people tanking mine, so I get it, I've been experienced in it, and I can tell you that being aware of the general atmosphere that you're walking into can help kind of guide what you want to bring to a conversation and narrow down some of the tough decisions that go through our head when we're overthinkers. Plus, it can take a lot of the pressure of performance off because we go, okay, vibes are chill. All I need to do is be chill or vibes are hype. All I got to do is sit back and wait until the hype kicks in or however you react to vibes. I don't know. I'm just using myself as an example at this point. That said, I don't think you're a chameleon or a fake person. If you adjust and accommodate your conversation style and your tone to align with what the other people in the crowd are bringing. That said, I do know some people who are like true caricatures of themselves and they will never bring a different energy to a room. Yet they do interact and read rooms very effectively without losing whatever mood they brought in. My thing is, I do like having the best of both worlds. I like being able to pick up on the cues of other people, but also holding substantial boundaries so that their moods don't necessarily affect me if it's not a comfortable place or a place I can handle in that moment. But regardless of our ability to read the room, one of the most important ones for me is being sensitive to cultural norms and differences that we may have with those we're interacting with. Because cultural norms and experiences and history and personalities can vary so widely, being aware and 
just plain respectful of these nuances can really help us avoid miscommunications or behaving unintentionally and appropriately so that we have to look back on it with fear and anxiety and shame, which I think is what a lot of us want to avoid. Unless you've got some shame kink and then, you know, no judgment as long as you're not using random people for this. All right. Anyway, the point is this is a skill that can be developed and practiced and eventually it will become a natural way to gauge and respond to the social dynamics that you're experiencing. But above all else, I think trusting your own intuition and your own judgment and your own experiences is the most surefire way to create more authentic and deepened connections. Because overall, people are forgiving and kind and understand if we fuck up, as long as it's coming from an earnest and authentic and loving place and we're willing to change. I think that's the point of reading the room too, is a willingness to adjust and adapt accordingly if things shift we can too. It's about keeping active empathy for both yourself and the way you're responding and the people we're responding to. But of course, with anything, we need to practice this at our discretion. Some people won't need this advice. Some of us are more hypersensitive to these environment shifts and can probably benefit from a bit of the opposite practice, which I will talk about some of those strategies tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye cutie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 